Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ranting Atheist Podcast. Today we'll be continuing the the God is a Raper Apology series, the God of the Bible rather, and this is the fourth of six, so we're almost done. As usual, Christians came defending their God and even Sada seeing women defend the terrible acts in the Bible and shifting the goalposts here and there. So, if you have not subscribed, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts from, YouTube as well. Then also, please, if you are a Spotify listener, you can now read this podcast on Spotify very easily. Just go to the podcast page where you have the list of the episodes and you see you see it right under the description of the podcast. Thank you as you do so. So please, let's go and listen to Christians defending their apologists' God. Yeah, please but read Deuteronomy kind of... 22, 20 to 29. Read it yourself for us right now. Okay, you want me you yes. want me to read it for you? Okay, let me go to the Bible real quick. Omar Ransom, is this exam? <laughs> He's claiming, no, he's claiming God is claiming that is against okay. the Bible. Give us proof. Give us the proof. Deuteronomy 22, verse 28 to 29. Please read it aloud for us. Thank you. 22, yeah. Right. Uh, if a man finds a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and he lay hold on her and lie with her, and they be found... And the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and shall be his wife. And, sh- and shall be his wife because he hath humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. Um, so what's your so take? So I guess. It, so I guess um, if you do that, the the punishment is that you pay a fine and that you have to marry the lady. Um, so the, so I guess the, is that, is that, I don't know, that doesn't suggest that that's bad. Does that suggest that that's a good thing to, to you, do? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, to you, is that, is that a just punishment? No, I'm asking, because say that one more time. Is that a just punishment for a rapist? Oh, so we agree that it's a punishment. We just don't agree that it's just. Is that is that is that? Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, would you Dave, answer the question? Would you agree? So, uh, everybody, hold on. Guys, everybody, don't hold interrupt. On. Don't everybody, interrupt. hold on. Shago, let me put it. Let me ask you the direct question. You might have. Yes, please. You might. I don't know if you have a sister that's not married or a daughter. Would you accept those parameters mm-hmm. as the punishment for someone? Oh, wait. Um, yes, it's a simple question, man. There's no dancing around it. No, no. I, I think my, my first question I asked you was, do, is, it does, are you saying that it is, it is a punishment? Does that qualify as a punishment or is not a punishment? Uh, answer the question it, it now. It is a punishment. He asked you first. He asked yes. you first. Okay. Answer. So, it wait, is. I'm, no, okay, wait, let me I answer just, you. Let me answer you. Let me, let me answer you. Shagun, hold yes. on. Shagun, hold on. Mm-hmm. It is a punishment because mm-hmm. based on the previous uh, verses before, there were punishments for rapists mm-hmm. and they were all killed. But this particular one mm-hmm. is very peculiar because this woman is not married. The other woman was married. Mm-hmm. So this is the punishment for mm-hmm. the rapist. Pay the father 50 mm-hmm. shekels and marry the person you raped for the rest of your life and you must not divorce her. Is that a fair punishment? 
Uh, personally, I don't think it's a fair punishment, but I think it's a punishment, right? So if a punishment is only given to something that's bad, not good. If something is if something is bad, there's a punishment for it. Now, is it a fair punishment? That's a different conversation. But is it a punishment? I think it is a punishment. So if it's a punishment, it's bad. So I, I'm kind of confused. I ask, is it a fair punishment? Not if you, wait, are, you are being an it, apologist. I answered the question. You do not, man. Yeah, but wait, I answered the question. Wait, can I ask Shigun a question? If he asks, it's a punishment, it's a punishment for whom exactly? For the rapist. Say that one more time. How is marrying the person, the, the victim of the rapist, a punishment for the rapist? That's what the Bible is giving you us. No, I'm talking about that, but there's a no, From his own for perspective, okay. I'm trying to see, does he really think but it's a punishment for the rapist or the rape survivor? Again, the, I, that's why I'm, I'm I, okay, now you're saying, so you're saying that's not a punishment. Is that what you're saying? She's not saying anything. She just asked you a question. <sighs> Is the rapist marrying the victim a punishment for the rapist? But there is a fine. Isn't there a fine attached? Oh, God. Can you imagine? Guys, Can you imagine? Let's, let's, let's move on, guys. Can you Do you see my problem with Christians? This is, this is why I get angry. This is this is this is a this is a sample. You can see it on display. He read the Bible passage with his own mouth. I did not manipulate anything. Ranting. Please, I would like to say something to share quickly. Wait, I'm, I'm asking questions. Listen, wait, 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 wait. Let him clearly, so clearly you guys disagree. So then I'm asking a question. So you're saying that a fine is not a punishment. Is that what I'm hearing? It is not. A fine is not a punishment. It is not a punishment. Okay, cool. That that's all I needed to hear. Thank, yes, thank don't you. Worry. If, if, if your daughter or your sister get raped, you will collect fine, no problem. Fifty shekels are equivalent of naira. Nonsense. Please, uh, well, but there was John, a reason for it. John, John, John. The reason for yeah, it was okay. because nobody yeah. married the girl. Go and sit down. John, please talk. Okay, Shagun, yeah, you brought up this passage and you are saying this is like this is to show that the God of the Bible is against rape. Now, in our modern context, when somebody is raped, we see it as an offense because the person's autonomy is violated. When you rape a woman, that is why it is an offense. In that context that you are bringing up, it's not an offense because a woman's um, bodily autonomy is violated. That is not why Yahweh has an issue with it there. Yahweh has an issue with it there because it's like... Like, I, I usually make this analogy. Like, you go to the supermarket and you spoil a product. And they tell you that, hey, you have spoiled this thing. Nobody else is going to buy it. You have to pay for it and take it home. If you read that passage, that is literally what is going on there. Because in the context of the Old Testament, women are seen like property. It's like, it's a, it's a transaction between a man, a woman, and a woman's father. So the man comes, he pays some certain amount of money. And the father says, okay, you are now like the owner of this, my daughter. So that is what is going on there. So it's like, hey, you have raped my daughter. Nobody else is going to marry her. So you have to come and pay the bride price and take away um, the, the the property that you have violated. I can't sell at the proper um, price anymore. So that is what you are saying. So you can't look at that passage and come and say, Oh yeah, the, the God of the Bible is against rape. No, like you can't. If you read that passage honestly, you just can't say that. It's even very terrible when you think about it. And you are coming here. You are saying uh, it's a punishment for the for the 
the rapist. Can you imagine, like, somebody rapes you, then you are saying that um, the punishment is that he has to pay your bride price and marry you. How many of you would like your, your daughters to be married to their rapist? How can how can somebody, can you um, even think about it? Like, sorry, can a woman really, be married? Really quickly. Sorry. Really yeah, quickly. I'll, I'll end what I'm saying now. Can a woman okay. be, like, after going through the trauma of rape, then you tell them to go and spend the rest of their life with that person if, if from my own perspective it's more of a punishment on the person that is raped not the person that is committing the rape there thank you very much yeah so i again these are things that i've not said of course i first like from right now um the sensibilities i have right now i don't even think that that's an arrangement that makes sense right like i don't personally i don't think that that's an arrangement. but again what i am what i am confused about is the question of the room right that's that's kind of what i'm speaking to not the minutia or the nuances right i believe that for for whatever reason not for the right reasons maybe for the wrong reasons rape is bad the bible makes it clear that rape is bad maybe not for the right reason maybe not because it is a sin against the woman, but a sin against the father. The sin, it is still a sin, right? It is still classified as bad. Well, now we can discuss why it is bad and whether the punishment fits the okay. crime. Those are different conversations. Where does it in the Bible? Okay, Shagun, let him finish. Can you no, let him guys, finish? Guys, no. we're not going to be on this. Um, Shagun, wrap up in 30 seconds, then we're going to move on. Yeah, to yeah, the no, I was person, just kind of okay? responding to, yeah, I was kind of responding to things that, People are as, like insinuating I said that I didn't say. Like I'm not subject. I I just I didn't address those things. What I addressed was the specific question: yes or no. Like what was okay, so was God you, in the Bible you, a rape you're apologist? You're saying no, right? To you, you're saying no to the. Question. I'm saying that I'm saying that like evidence that I'm seeing suggests that God was against rape. Not maybe not for the reasons we would like. Maybe not for the reasons that are obtainable now, but. He, it does seem like he was against it because if he was, okay, and, if he was reason, for it, the there would be no, there would be no repercussions. Was a, okay, okay, perfect. So you're saying that because that God enforced a punishment, then that means that he was against it. So even if he said that if you rape a woman, we're going to cut the left side of your hair as a repercussion, as a consequence, he still had a punishment. And that means that God was against it, right? As long as there was a punishment, God was against it. That's your argument, right? That's my yeah. That's my understanding. Yes, and wow. this is why. Okay. I said, All right, let's move for me for ten seconds. For me, ten seconds. Guys, so guys, guys, not so, not so bad. Yeah, ten, just thirty seconds, and then the next person is, was actually yeah, supposed yeah. to be Tega, and then um, it was like popcorn. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm um, sorry. Why were um trying to educate Shegun? Um, can we stop moving scenarios to his daughters, and can we stop? it's it's giving something else when we say things like okay when your daughter when your sister um less I, I know it might not feel like a big thing if you direct it to him but i don't know it just feels somehow no, so i get what you are saying but daughter. the reasons why these christians are answering the way they're answering because they are not personalizing it they, they don't see from it, it. He's removed from it. That is why I understand that question. And I don't even really like it when people use it because you are supposed to be against something, even though exactly. that should not happen to you. I get it, Nonso. I am with you. But one thing with Christians is that with the Bible, they always distance themselves from the harsh realities of the people in the Bible. That is why sometimes it seems that they are doing But we will take your advice and... 
not do it. But the reason why Shegun is saying what he's saying is because he has distanced himself from the women that were actually living with their uh, what do you call it, with their abusers. That is why to him, because he knows he would never be in such situation. Wait, that is sorry, why. Does him, anybody here know me don't speak, don't speak Wait, do, you, do you know me? So to him, to him. He wait, is. You don't oh, know me, though. Shagun, 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 you have you have a chance to respond, please. Just just wait. You have a chance to respond. I promise. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm hogging the mic because this is my this is why I hate Christians. If you are coming Christophobia, but this is my problem because you all don't know how to understand things. This who in what situation or in what life experience would you be okay living with someone that took away your agency just because the person paid? so 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 amount of money and that makes it a punishment what about killing the person that committed a crime or putting the person into prison why is that not an option are you telling me that they didn't have prisons by dying during the time of moses why didn't they stone him to death why wasn't that an why, is, why wasn't there an explicit punishment for people that violate the agencies of people yeah, Iwa, sorry, to, to play devil's advocate to Shagun's point, right? I don't think that Shagun's arguing, right? Um, what he's saying, right, is that there was a punishment, right? And if there is a punishment, he's making a conclusion that I completely disagree with, right? Yeah, the conclusion, I get The conclusion he's making is that because there was a punishment at all, it meant that God was against rape. But like Ada adequately pointed out, Shagun, the punishment was not for the rape. The punishment was the fact that he essentially spoiled a good in a market, right? Yeah. So you can't, you can't come to the conclusion that God is against the rape. He was actually just against the fact that one of his quote-unquote goods got spoiled. So that's the, the pushback here. Let's make sure that we understand what everyone's argument is. But um, yeah, let's, let's anyway, round up so we can move yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, you just perfectly articulated my points. But I beg, Christians, can we just throw out, you know, I don't expect you people to do that. You people are filled with cognitive dissonance. Anyways, next person. Okay, so can all I right. seize someone, the mic now? Because you said whoever seizes the mic. Yeah, yeah. Someone grab the mic and then someone new, please go after Edikon and then Adibukola because I know she's been flashing for a while. Uh, miss, I see you as well. So Edikon and then someone new, please uh, grab the mic and then um, Adibukola. So at this point, we're talking about cognitive dissonance. And I would say that it's actually a very interesting point that people are coming and talking about how it's the punishment it's not the, for the spoiling of goods and all that stuff that he's not exactly against raping against the spoiling of goods and so are you guys mad because like no I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say that's bad I would say historically just in general women are the properties of their fathers in general that's just like a whole like perspective. Like you guys are Yoruba and Igbo talking about, oh, this is a terrible viewpoint. You're using a modern law system when your forefathers, not even that far back. Well, what's the exist- quote? Wait, 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 
they can interfere when someone is speaking, right? But if it, if any of like we will all check each other, then might as well check each other. Okay, we don't need you guys to meet. But anyway, please, I'm begging you, just let him finish. You have a mod badge, you can speak, but yeah. just let him finish. Let Eddie okay. finish. I beg you, please. Before, I before he goes, before he goes, I just want to <laughs> let, me, hold on. Before he goes, right? He has to. No one is arguing for the legitimacy of what our forefathers did. Because we recognize our forefathers were flawed. We don't understand. We, we are not debating that our forefathers fucked up in what they did. My forefathers fucked up. Your forefathers fucked up. I agree. I am not debating my forefathers. But my forefathers did not present themselves as an all-being, as an all-good deity. My forefathers did not present themselves as an omnipotent and omniscient God. I don't get it, man. My forefather did not present that. But the God that you are defending in the most abysmal manner presented those criteria for himself. So God is who we are putting on. If my forefathers presented themselves as an all-good being or people that are infallible or above mistakes, you are making a wonderful point. But your point is so stupid that yeah, I don't even understand how your brain is even coming up with such a point. Okay, and you want to let him, let him just finish, please. Let him land. He didn't land, to be fair, right? He didn't land on, on a crashed plane. Okay, let, let him crash it, though. It's, let, it's his time. Let him just do his time. Eddie Khan, sorry about that. Please finish. Okay, and I was going on, like, hold on. I was going on and saying that, like, what's it called? That you said that, hold on, what I was about to say, you said that my point was stupid, so let me, let me come back with that. You said that it's the problem of the spoiled goods, and the problem is that he's an omnipotent God. But if you actually read the Old Testament, you would see that God actually had a lot of problems with the nature of man, and that was the issue with it, because he had to create rules for men, and he had an issue with the way he understood how men, because you know, the Israelites were not supposed to actually have a physical king. He was supposed to be their actual king. And he warned them against the stuff of their nature. And those laws he made were for their nature. And so because he understood how their society works. So he created laws for those people at that time because he understood how they behaved. And so I would say that. And then we come to Jesus, which is a very different people. Because at this time, God is trying to govern his specific people. And so I would say, like you said, he had the punishment and you might say, um, the reason for the punishment, blah, blah, blah. But he understood those people and he understood their behavior. And that law was created for those people who had a certain type of behavior. And next we move on to Jesus. See, Jesus is, um, just God in man form. And at this point, <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's if you, if you really understand by, no, Jesus is just God in man form. And so when he's in man form, like you said, he protected that lady from being stoned. Oh, and so he's coming from a very different point of view now when he's in man form because he doesn't have a people who he needs to specially protect. He's just preaching to all the people at this time. And now he's protecting them at this time. And now I would say that he kind of, I would say in a way, he has um, his love can be shown in a bigger extent because he's no longer just like being... I would say protecting his quote unquote people. He's coming to understand the nature of like human law. That's why he doesn't go into specifics. That's why Jesus doesn't go into specifics. He just acts with kindness because he's not governing on people. It's like a king versus um a um what's the other what's Edicon Roundup, please. 
Yeah, that's why I said. So that's why I said in the Old Testament, God is like a king governing a group of people that he understands. Whereas um, in the New Testament, he's a philosopher. Because he's, he's not, he's, he's just spreading his word to a different people, group of people. And that's why I would say he's not a rape apologist because of the people he was governing. And because he was a king versus a philosopher. And that's, I'm done. Okay, awesome. All right. Okay, and you so, are, if you if if you wanted hold on, Miss, don't don't worry. I I, I see you. Trust me. Um, anyway, if you wanted to respond, go ahead. If not, Gdao is gonna speak next, and then Adebukola, and then a new speaker, and then Miss. Okay, so let's do it like that. Um, so he didn't, go ahead, and then he Gideo. didn't even say anything. What like he didn't even say anything. Like literally, you said nothing. But anyway, I just want to highlight that you actually said nothing of of reason uh the, um, the next person can go okay gdo are you there if not okay gdo yes, please I'm, go ahead yes, and then I'm there for me. thank you so much yeah every don't worry guys i see all the new people i'm gonna put you in between people that have spoken yet okay i was trying to do popcorn but that's not really working right now so um uh gdo is gonna speak then Adebukola, then a new person that has not spoken yet then miss okay that's the cue um, Josiah, you've spoken quite a few times, so let new voices be heard. I beg you. Thank you. Um, go ahead, GDAO. Thank you so much. Um, first of all, I'd like to put a disclaimer out there that I am not um, in any position capable of holding brief for God because I don't have that um, capacity to do that. But um, I think I'll start off by saying that um, God is a fair and is a just God. Um, at least for my own, not even um, with regards to the Bible or anything, for my own life dealings, is a fan, is a very just God. Um, but I would just like to look at it from this perspective with regards to this thing, is that um, if you notice a lot of where there are dire consequences for the rape actions, it's more like um, where maybe he raped um, somebody's wife or somebody who already has some sort of covering or protection over them. And don't forget that this was a different time. These people were generally nomads. They were, it was a very a primal system or primal society where it was the strongest that was on top of the back. It was the strongest that was responsible for everybody else. Even before God came into Abraham's life, don't forget Abraham was originally a Chaldean before he became um, God's chosen one and all of that. And he descended from that line sort of. So from a cultural perspective, there was a culture that existed before them or with them as a people. And um, so if um, they were basically prim primal like uh, people, they were, they were, their society was strongly hierarchical. Um, that meant that um, the weakest members of society, aka women, children, needed to have some sort of covering or protection. And um, so that meant that as a, as a girl, you'd have the protection of your father. As a wife, you had the protection of your husband. Sisters had the protection of their brothers and so on and so forth. So um, in this case now, where a, a person who was um, whose ultimate protection, so, so that meant there was going to be a journey for you as a weaker member of society. So you had to evolve from being under the protection of your father or your brothers or your family members to being under the protection of your husband. That is why the law went on further to say when a man dies, his brother is supposed to marry his wife and all that. Those things are just meant to make sure that a woman is still covered 
and that is in the fairness of what was happening, what was obtainable at that point in time. Um, so don't forget that if you are going to, if your protection was going to move from your father to a, to a husband and um, or marry a woman who has been deflowered or who has been, who had um, been with another man, so how do you make sure that that person doesn't become an outcast or doesn't suffer for um, the indiscretion of a person at a particular point in time? Which is where I tend to um, feel like, even though it doesn't sound like it's a punishment, it's also a way to make sure that within what was obtainable at that point, that person was still able to continue their life or was still able to find some sort of um, respite going forward. Um, that's why they had to marry the rape, the, rape um, the people who raped them. Now, you also have to consider some certain things now. If we juxtapose that alongside what is obtainable in our society currently, um, where let's say if a woman is raped, she has several forms of support structures or systems around her that would maybe cater for, for her psychological trauma, even her health um, needs. In this case in point, she could decide to go for, for an abortion where she gets pregnant. These days now you can do a pregnancy test immediately in the comforts of your room. But don't forget that back then to get a pregnancy. So if so, let's say somebody raped a lady to even know if that lady was pregnant, it would take months. And by the time the lady becomes pregnant, it's probably maybe dangerous to get an abortion. So those things had to be covered for, they had to be catered for. So imagine a woman who doesn't have, who, who doesn't have a husband having a child born out of rape should probably find it difficult to be integrated back into society without God's interference, without God's interference or impute. So, um, this, this, the whole the whole point was designed to ensure Can that... Can please wrap up? The whole point was designed to ensure that even if you get into that situation, you have at least some semblance of a continuance of your life. Yes, in relation to what is obtainable today, it might sound like it's a bit harsh. Yes, but because we have a lot more, a lot more liberties, society is better developed, is better evolved. There are so many. For instance, they didn't have prisons back then. They were mostly nomadic tribes. So how do you lock up somebody in a, in a prison permanently? And um, I'll wrap around this up by saying that um, if you go to, so sometimes it's always like when you read the scriptures, they always have a way of linking each other back to each other and all that. If you go to somewhere in the New Testament where they were asking Jesus about um, um, uh, Apostle Paul, sorry, about divorce, and he said, don't you know that those laws were made for you? They were not, they were, it was to satisfy your wickedness. So God identified that there was, the, so there were things that were identified in them. And if you give them laws that were different from them, and they showed, they showed that by disobeying several times, by rebelling several times. So if you give them laws that did not marry or find a way of weaving itself, into their structure. They will disobey. They will walk out of that line. They will do it differently. They will do what they want to do. Okay. So, Jide, this is a very, very simple question. Are you saying, as of that time, that the best thing that the society could come up, the best thing God could come up, was for the, uh, the, the best thing for the woman at that time was for the abuser to marry the victim? Is that what you're saying? Um, I think that's what I'll, I heard. The first no, thing I I'll say, hold on, please, hold on, please, hold on, please. I can't, I can't really appreciate if you don't badger me out. Take time to respond to you. No, you don't the have to take time. It's a simple question. 
We don't have to keep going back and forth, right? So the question, hold on, hold on, hold on. The question has been asked. Jide, would you like to answer it or not? Yes, I would like to answer, but somebody okay. else was All speaking right. over him. So that's why I had to insist. Yeah, say yeah. That. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Jide. Okay, and you, you've asked your question, right? So let him mm-hmm. answer and then we'll move on, please. A lot of people sorry. are waiting to speak. So Within go ahead, the confines Jide. of your society at that point, that was the best way you could protect somebody that would unintentionally become extremely vulnerable. Okay. So, by the... Uh, sorry, for me, permit me. So, by a rapist uh, living her whole life with the... Uh, with the So, the victim spending her whole life with her rapist is protecting the victim. Yes, Liz. Unintentionally, this is what will happen to her if she was not protected by that man. She was spending okay. the rest of her life. Can I, can I be allowed to please, please let me speak? Please don't no, let, let, let him finish. Guys, let him finish, guys, let him finish. finish now. He's not done. Yeah, he's not done. Let him mute his mic, right? When he mutes, then you can speak. He's not done. Sorry about that, Gide. Please, 30 seconds. So the other alternative for that woman would have been to live her life as an outcast member of that society that would find it difficult to survive in economically, socially, in any form. In this, in the, the way the society was structured at that point, she did not have a place anymore. Thank okay, you. I just want to make one last thing. They will meet. Uh, I think it's possible for them to stone the rapist to death and give the woman the option. Maybe the woman would rather be an outcast than spending her life with the victim. The the, what the woman consulted on this church. You are making a you guys are mistranslating Bible. Sorry, he's not talking about rape. Just just mutual. Who was that? I don't know who was. His papa. Uh, was it Aki? Uh, back to what I was saying. Right. It's um. That was one, right? He didn't ask the woman whether what her autonomy. He didn't ask. Okay, didn't do whether she wanted to live with the victim. With the with her rapist, or actually choose the life of uh, of being an outcast. That was an act. And then the second question you made was that you are not in a place to judge God. But then again, you made a judgment of God that God is all good. So how is that possible? You cannot judge God, but then you're saying that God is all good. But no, anyway, no, no. it is it is very God very hold on. I said God is fair. God is fair, but that is a judgment, though. No, 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 it's not a judgment. judgment? This is, I told, like I said, like I said, I said it's a statement okay. based on the experiences of my life that okay. God is fair. Fine, fine and good. So anyway, so according to uh, Jide, the best thing that a woman could have is to spend her life with her abuser. Okay, Adebukola, you are... No, 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 please, you just quoted me. I said at that point in time... That was all you said. Ah, yeah, yeah. I said at that point in time, today it is different. At that point, I want to say, okay, what's the difference? You don't have access to millions of people. Like, you die on your tribe. Like, go somewhere else, they'll kill you and they'll do something worse to you. Like, it's actually funny. Someone said that the Igbo people are actually very mosaic when writing a documentary about them before they were united. And so, what they talked about the woman's death, like, want to be married. Even if, because marriage does not mean love. That's a very new concept that marriage means love. Oh, God, let me see. Okay. <laughs> did God, did God. No, no way. Sorry, anyone, anyone, I think you should what? go back to the queue, right? Just go. No, we are doing queue. popcorn now. Queue has, okay, popcorn. Yeah, queue has been exhausted. So, uh, Adebukola, go ahead. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Well, I've, I've been well, asking to speak. Sorry. Can you oh, just let Adebukla... No. Wait, 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 wait. Let Adebukla speak. Once she's done, then we'll take you. Yeah. What's your name, please? My name is Okechuku. Okechuku. Okay. Just hold on for your turn. Okay. Adebukla, please go ahead. Okay, so we are still, it's we, it's been um, hours and we are still on this um, topic, but um, I would just like the test to admit um, and accept the fact that um, the taste God is a rape apologist. I, I just want you guys to accept that fact because I, you, you guys refuse to explain to me how um, you, you service a God who, who is present in uh, a rape scene. Is it, that, is, is it that you worship a God that sends, um, I'll just repeat um, Tracy Harris's um, quote, is it that you, you worship a God who sends child rapists um, to rape children, or you serve a God who simply watch them as though he's, he's watching um, a pawn and and is saying that when you're done, I'm going to punish the rape apologist. Is it the rapist? Is that is that not being a rape apologist? If it if you are if you are all powerful, it's something you could have done right there and there. If you are not going to be a rape apologist, you could have done something about that situation. So me being a woman, if I'm in a room and something like that could uh, is happening and it's is within my capability or something I could have just um. I could control if I could if I could prevent that rape from happening. How do you? How? What's more of um, of a god? You, you your claim is all powerful and um, omnipotent and all. It's fine. I'll just have to use my mic now. Please just accept the fact that the, the taste god is a rape apologist. Thank you. He's not just a rape apologist. He's a rapist. <laughs> Oh, so sorry, right. I think. So wait, let's, okay. Demi, sorry. Let's let's do this. If you want to speak, because popcorn won't work with the stage right now. There's a lot of people that have not spoken. If you would like to speak, uh, message me in my chat. Um, and you know, I'll we'll we'll do it like that. That way, the the stage won't be uh, disrupted. But before yeah. we move on to the next person, which is um. Okay, Chuku. Okay, Chuku. Okay, Chuku. Yeah. Um, and then Miss. Um, let me just do a quick reset. If you are not following the club, the space, please go ahead and follow the space. Um, last count that I saw, there were about five different rooms that were spinned off of this room. A lot of people are not happy. A lot of people are upset. And that's fine. <laughs> but the way that we do um, have this club is that we allow it to be a space, right? It's called the space for a reason. So, you know, whatever rooms you want to have, we allow people to just open up their spaces and cur uh, curate their spaces themselves. If you don't like it, leave quietly, go and open your own space, right? Um, so yeah, if you have not followed the uh, club already, please go ahead and follow the club. If you would like to speak in your on stage, please message me on my back channel um, and I'll call out your name um, and you'll go next. Um, so the next person is Okay Chuku, so go ahead. Okay Chuku, are you yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, I just have one to point out um, the fact that certain laws are in the Bible doesn't mean that God made them um, because most of the laws that were given to the Israelites in the Old Testament were actually Mosaic laws it was Moses that gave them those laws and when Jesus Christ was asked about Mosaic laws what he said was Moses gave you those laws because of the wickedness of your heart he didn't say God gave you those laws. He said Moses gave you those laws. So those were laws given by God. 
the the anything that has those black laws are basically laws that were given for the society, just like we have the laws in Nigeria and we have the Criminal Code Act and the rest of them. God, the laws that God has given to us, the consequences of those laws of failing in those um, aspects are either you go to heaven or you go to hell if you succeed. If you obey the laws, you go to heaven. If you fail, you go to hell. God does not give laws that the punishment comes right away. That is why all those they do this, they stone you to death. Those things are all mosaic laws. It was Moses that gave them those laws because at that time, the priest was also the ruler. He was more like the, the leader of the government. So Moses gave them those laws in his capacity as their leader. Those were not laws given by God. That's basically what I, I want to point out. Thank you. Okay, so Echiku, okay. if I show you a passage where God gave explicit instructions, this is not Moses, so if I show you a passage in the Bible where God told Moses to go and rape people, would your mind change? Okay, Chiku. Let me, let me see it. Let you see it. Go and look at Numbers 31. Go and read it and come back. <laughs> let you see it. Okay, okay. Why don't you take a, a, a second to pull the passage up and then you can read it to us, okay? Um, I have the passage, so after, but I'll wait for him to go and read it. I have the passage, but he can go and read it and come back. Okay, so that was, um, okay, Chuku, we have a very long queue. Thank you for people that messaged me on the back channel. Um, I have responded so you know exactly where you are in the queue. Um, anyone else just messaged me in the back channel. Um, I'm still responding to people, by the way. Uh, so right now we have Ms. next, Tassiana, Deezy, then Jacob. Um, I'm responding to everyone else right now. So Ms., go ahead. All right, thank you. Um... I just want to say nice moderation, first of all. And Ainwa, thank you for being honest in your truth and calling a BS when you see it. And I've been observing you in different rooms. Um, now, I'm not a Christian, right? I do have the background, so I'll come from this perspective, right? I feel like when, when these Christians defend, and let me just call myself kind of a Christian, right? Um... When these Christians defend uh, most of this nonsense, rape and their rape apology, so they try to fight for God, or their moral compass is always wavy, right? And they are so stuck in their ways that they can't even question themselves. And that's why most of the times, once you call them out, you're not insulting them, but you're literally saying, this is nothing, this is nonsense, which is actually is. It comes off as an insult. And most of the times, it's because they are not mad at the fact that they are saying something that is stupid, right? It's just they don't like the fact that the reflection is not suitable for their ego. And that's just it. And I feel like they are the true representation of Christianity because that is what it is. And I'll go back to Yahweh history. And if you go back to our ancestors, and um, another guy said that um, uh, um, our ancestors were not perfect. Everyone was bad. And he was kind of using excuses for why the unknowing God who sees and omnipotent and all good and fair, right? Why he just couldn't understand and maybe make things to pave things to work just the way he made, he consumed different countries, communities who are hidden with fires. He just couldn't come out in that point of testing your true love, right? And they try to justify with the past, of course. And our ancestors in their spiritual practice, they knew this. 
they knew the fact that they were not all smart, they were not all intelligent, even though they had more technology than us, actually, <laughs> right? And that's why they lived longer. I don't know why it was written in the white book or in our education or Western education that people were dying. No. Well, that was BS because I know how much, how many years my grandfather died and my great grandfather. So I, I have all those records, right? So um, you talk about all those things, right? And somehow, somehow, when you question them, it comes off as an Easter because this is pure Christianity. Our ancestors knew this, that there were mistakes, right? And even in their deities, that's why they had all different kind of gods. And um, when you go to the Bible, I feel like Bible, like I said in my previous comment, that um, Bible is a good map to direct you, at least to make you question things, awaken some form of awareness, right? And sometimes when you look at the, the Bible, when it calls reference calls as the unknowing, the spiritual, um, right, our spiritual practice, because sometimes we don't even know where all this Bible comes up from, right? So um, we knew that we had God's deities, right? Um, that kind of encompasses any energy because that's what the Bible is, energy, force, religion, energy, to kind of seek some kind of um, control or some kind of stability. But in the hands of the wrong person, right, which I'll go much later and I don't have enough time to talk, so I'll try to round this up quickly, right? So this is a form of energy. Our people understood it very well. Right, we are not binary thinking, we are not black as white. We understood if you're going to, if you're feeling envy, if you're feeling so negative, you go to a negative deity probably to help you channel your dark side where you walk through your shadow. It was a helping thing, and they were actively working to themselves, right? And you want something to help you uh, uh, um, be better, right? And even in Kemet, where this Bible came up from, right? Um, even the Potter and even Potter, who was the creator, who stands from point O, and from point O is the extension of one, right? And that one involves two different series of numbers before you get your frequency, your highest frequency to connect yourself. Even him did not claim all righteous because in different gods, different energy, extension of him, right? Extension of likeness, right? And when you look at all those things, they understood the balance of nature. They regarded life. You didn't need to tell them that, ah, if someone, if someone does this thing to you, will you be happy or what will you do? before their brain start rebooting. They know this is bad. They'll kill you straight. They burn you, right? And this was the way they were operating, okay? So sometimes when I see all the scripts, I'm like, no, you're defending it. And I'm saying all this point to say that the Amaker Yahweh, if you go to the gods, when it came from, he wasn't, that was not the first gods. If you go to your Bible, you will see that there were bows, there were, uh, um, different items right and they were kind of secretly telling you all these things follows right and yes. in this bible i'm sorry i'll round up immediately yahweh if you go to the history was the seventh god 17th god and when he started the worship when he started was because a form of people decided they wanted to conquer right conquer um a certain nation or conquer some people and they needed the energy they needed that war force that I am all in the ego, like no one questioned me, I'm the best. They needed that energy. And guess who was the perfect energy? Yahweh. Right? So 
Okay, since I'm, I, I just can't make my point because my time is short, I guess I'll stop here and wait for my turn. But yeah, I just I'll, want to I'll say and they are just showing you and walking in the footsteps of their father. I think it's time you pay attention and act and just call them out. That's it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, miss. And um, I'll add you back to the queue. Guys, if you see me flashing repeatedly, um, I'll try not to interrupt train of thought in me. Okay, so that's what that means if you see me flashing. So I don't have to interrupt your train of thought. The next person is Tassiana. Tassiana, are you still here? Yes. Okay, go ahead, babes. Um, so I just wanted to say I think this room is super interesting. And directly answer the question. I do think that the God in the Bible was a rape apologist and also was super supportive of of violence in general. Like when people talk about God being an omnipotent God, I, it's interesting because you're literally saying that God has the power to do anything, right? That he has the capacity to intervene, to change, you know, the possibilities. And so how could God not be a rape apologist if he's witnessed or been, been a watcher of so much sexual violence? And I think a lot of times people think about women being the recipient of sexual violence, but but the rape of not just women, but of men, of children, of trans folks, of all kinds of people. And yeah, I just think it's it's counterproductive to say that God is omnipotent and he's not a rape apologist because the two things don't seem like they can exist at the same time. Because if you're an omnipotent God who is against rape, then you will intervene if you see that that's about to happen. Um, and then if you are omnipotent and you just can watch and you can't necessarily do anything because you've given everybody free will, which really seems like um, <laughs> like God not wanting to be responsible for what his creations have done. Then we could just say like God literally killed the entire world with a flood, right? So we know that God is a violent God. The God of the Bible is a violent God. And they say that the New Testament is, you know, God really going back on those things, but that's still not true because there's still so much violence that's happening. And we can even see the, the sexism within the Bible. So like when Jephthah's daughter, um, you know, Jephthah went into the woods and killed his his daughter, thinking that that would make God happy because he won the war. But when Abraham brought Isaac up, we see that there was a ram in the bush. Right. So we see that that God even has bias right on who God wants to intervene and save and who God does not want to intervene and save. And I think that Christians really feel a way about that because they want to believe that their God is just and fair. And if you believe that your God is just and fair, then you do believe that the assault that happens to infant children is fair, is right, is just, or you have to believe that your God is not powerful. And if your God is not powerful, then why are you following him? I think that concludes most of what I want to say and I appreciate space. And I oop. Um, and if someone is speaking and you want to respond in 30 seconds, just message me on the back channel and say, hey, I want to respond to this person. I'll give you like, you know, 45 seconds. OK. All right. The next person is uh, that was Tassiana. Next person is DZ and then is Jacob as well. OK. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, uh, DZ and then Jacob. OK, if DZ is not there. Then let's go to, straight to Jacob. Jacob, go ahead, please. Hey, everyone. Um, so, uh, weirdly enough, my, uh, when I was bar mitzvah, my Torah portion is Vayishlach, which, uh, incidentally is this week's Torah portion in the Jewish calendar. And most people pay attention to the part about Jacob wrestling with the angel 
but there's the final chapter, which I off the top of my head is Genesis 36, I believe, uh, which is about the rape of Dina. And um, I can tell you one perspective on that story is that um, it's a debate. And what's interesting is that right before this chapter, Jacob had wrestled with the angel, right? And he was renamed Israel, Israel. There's this thing that from then on, when Jacob is referred as Yaakov versus Israel, there's a commentary on why um, the Hebrew actually refers to him as Jacob versus Israel. When he's being his higher self is the part that could you know, wrestle with an angel, the highest form of himself. He is sometimes referred to as Yisrael, moving forward until his death. Other times he's referred to as Jacob, even though he already got a name change. And in the next uh, chapter, which is the rape of Dina, there's this big debate. If uh, maybe it's been discussed in this group already, but to sum it up for anyone new, um, Dina is uh, says she's walking to see the women. There is uh, another local king, not not Jewish, just another tribe who sees her, uh, lusts for her, rapes her, and then wants to marry her at, in that order. The brothers of her say uh, that they basically want revenge. Jacob, again, not referred to as Israel in this context, but the lesser form of himself says, no, we can't go to war with them. Um, so in a sense, Jacob is saying that, you know, the strategy here is more important. Our survival is more important than my own daughter. The brothers, however, go behind his back against his blessings and uh, form a, a very elaborate plan where they agree for uh, the man to the king to marry her as long as everyone else in the all the men get circumcised, which wouldn't be required. When the men are at their weakest point, the brothers come in and kill them. They kill the whole town, right? thus revenging the daughter. Now, at the very end of the chapter, which I encourage you to look up, there's a big debate here. So Jacob's pissed at his sons. He says, what have you done? They're going to kill us. They're going to conquer us, which incidentally, as we know, didn't happen, right? Because the story continues. So that was Jacob's own paranoia in the situation. And the brothers end the chapter with, but should our sister be treated like a whore? And there is this uh, tradition in the Old Testament that a lot of the times kind of the final sentence or the final point is generally a wink to the audience that this is the correct answer. There's a few different uh, examples of this happening. So in this respect, if we are to believe that these stories aren't just historical stories, that there's some kind of allegory, and if you believe that the Bible is divinely inspired to teach humanity something, it would appear that actually, you know, this kind of rape would not be condoned. That's one example. And there's others, but I don't want to, I don't want to lobby the entire time, but that's just happens to be the, the Torah portion happened to be bar, bar mitzvah portion. So I just wanted to share that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that perspective, Jacob. I'm just going to circle back a little bit to uh, Josiah. Um, he wanted to respond to Tassiana. Um, so Josiah, I'll give you uh, just 45 seconds. Okay. And then we move on to Odeshi. All right, thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. Um, she made an important point. I want to say... I use they, them pronouns, not she, her. Thank you. I didn't get it, sir. 
Um, her, uh, sorry, their pronouns are they, them, I believe is what they said. Yeah. Um, their pronouns are they, them, not her, she. Okay. I so just say they. They, okay. Um, I want to respond to what they said. And um, she talked about Jephthah. The lady they. was not put to... They talked about um, Jephthah. She wasn't put to death as against um, what you insinuated. You didn't say she was put to death, but although you were talking in the context of, oh, God has favorites, he um, oppresses the ladies and he makes sure that the men come up and so on. That didn't happen. She wasn't put to death and so on and so forth. If you read properly and if you read clearly, she wasn't put to death. Now, the second thing is that we keep on saying, okay, Christians, Christians, Christians. I think we've made that separation that Christians started becoming Christians after Christ. So whatever you're talking about is you're talking about the Jews and so on and the God that they served or that we serve. That is who you're talking about. And we can see someone has pointed it out of their moral characters and so on and so forth. So I wanted to point that out that somebody uses a computer and tries to right. hack you does not mean that Bill Gates should be blamed or Abacus should be blamed that he created a computer. I mean, even computers are used to hack so, um, people. So you're talking of humans here who have wheels and go. So imagine if this same God tells you, oh, you're not allowed to speak while everybody's allowed to speak. So there's something called free will. Everybody use your free will the way that you like. He has put good, he has put evil. You choose one. But at the end thereof, you will see what's up. So that's just my point. That's just what I wanted to add. Okay. Thank you for that, uh, Josiah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tassiana, yes, yeah. please go ahead and respond. respond. Like a minute, okay? Yeah, so so Jephthah did sacrifice his daughter, and no, it might not have been an immediate killing of her, but she had to wander in the woods alone, okay, as a kid, until she died. That's sentencing someone. So she was in the temple, not in the woods. She was in the temple. Please allow them to finish, please. No interruptions. Uh, they did not interrupt you while you were speaking, so go no, ahead. No, she um, did. Actually, she did twice. Okay. Or did uh, uh, so. uh, all right. Can you? Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. Just allow them to finish if you don't mind. Go ahead, uh, Tatiana. Thank you. I interrupted because you used the wrong honorifics, but um, I, however you want to define it, wherever she had to go, she was a sacrifice, right? And she had to be there until she died. So what I'm clarifying is that there are times where God plays favoritism. And we know that God plays favoritism because there is literal language like David, a man after God's own heart. When we know that David literally made uh, um, Bathsheba sleep with him, he was a king. How, you can't say no to a king during that time. And then killed Bathsheba's husband, right? And literally wanted to put, put him in the front of of the infantry so that he could die. So if you want to if you want to play biblical things, we can. But I I think my point is very clear. Um, and I think really what this room is talking about is regardless of whatever, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, this this is about the Bible, right? And if the God in the Bible, if we look at it as an actual literature like text, and not in, and not from these places of like love or whatever people are coming from, but as an actual book, then we can see that there are times where God does absolutely allow violence to happen towards women, violence to happen towards, sexual violence to happen towards people. 
Samuel okay, was also in the temple and David was punished. I should make that out clear. David was punished. Okay. He even lost the child in the process. He was punished severely. Okay. He lost his kingdom. All right. I'll, I'll add you both back to the queue, okay? We, we have um, people that are waiting. So, um, Odeshi, are you still on the stage? Yeah. All right, please um, go ahead. Yes. So, I just want to start by saying that most of all those laws around here is coming from, like, Jewish laws then. And the crime was different if the woman was betrothed and if the woman was not betrothed. Now, the Bible does say that if the woman was betrothed, that if the man seizes her, the keyword here is seizes her, because in some phrases it says if the man seduces her. And if it's seduction, it implies that the man made the move and the woman agreed. Right. But if you see the word seize, it implies that the woman was taken against her will. Now, if the woman was betrothed and the man seizes her, the man was actually required to be stoned to death, especially if the father was like, no, I'm not going to allow you to do this to my child. The man was required to be stoned to death and be killed. And the woman was required to be left alone because why would you? kill a woman who didn't do anything you know but is a victim however if the woman was not betrothed not betrothed and the man sees her that is when it says the man should pay and take her as his wife now you ask yourself why is the woman who is not betrothed considered less of a woman the reason is because back then in Jewish question the way a lot of Israelis live they conquered a lot of nations on their way they were also fought by nations, but in the cause of conquering some of these other nations, they killed the men and took their women, keep alive for themselves. Now, the Bible says in a very specific phrase, keep alive for themselves. It didn't say they should wife them or what to do, but it did say if you do decide to marry her and for whatever reason she says no or she finds favor, she doesn't find favor in your eyes, you leave her alone. You're never allowed to mal maltreat these women, even when they're your wives. And you're not to treat them like slaves, even though they were they're captive, right? But these women would not be betrothed when they're still young. And you won't know why, because in as much as the Bible says, don't treat them as slaves. They are not your daughters. They are not your slaves. And so some of the women, especially the captive women, were not protected by Jewish law. That is why they would not be betrothed because the women who were betrothed as customer in Jewish law, a Jewish girl by the age of 12 was most likely betrothed. And that is the age of puberty. And then Jewish females and males all attended arranged marriage. So the Jewish males also be betrothed by around the age of 12. The Jewish females too also be betrothed around the age of 12. That was the practice then. So the Bible clearly was one-sided for the Jewish women and didn't care too much about the non-Jewish women who would most likely be the ones left out of this betrayal treatment because they wouldn't, you know, betray the non-Jewish women and leave the Jewish women to be unmarried. So yeah, the Bible definitely showed favoritism to, um, to Jewish women. And the non-betrayed women who, when they were raped, would then be asked to marry, marry their abuser were the ones that were not necessarily showed um, good treatment. But then if you also look at the Bible, it says even when a man marries a woman, you know, that they conquered from a nation that they conquered, he's not allowed to mistreat her. 
He's not allowed to say any bad word to her. And he says, if for, for whatever reason he decides to divorce her, he's to like compensate her and nobody is to bother her. So even if this woman was raped and then forced to marry her abuser as Jewish customary, the man is not allowed to mistreat her. So it means he's not even allowed to rape her a second time. And if for whatever I married you, but obviously you hate me because I'm your rapist, I'm going to divorce you. He's not, no one else is allowed to treat her badly or treat her like a slave. So I'm not necessarily trying to justify what the Bible says, but when somebody says that God showed favoritism in the Bible, that is true. God did show favoritism in the Bible. He showed favoritism to the Jewish people who served God. And he did not show a lot of favoritism to the non-Jewish people who lived around the Jewish people according to Jewish laws. And God did give Jewish people laws on how to treat their neighbors. And a lot of times he showed the Jewish people favoritism compared to their, their non-Jewish counterparts. Now, let me remind you in the Bible of Absalom. Oh yeah, let me wrap up. Uh, Absalom, David's um, son or whatever, who killed his brother because, you know, or I think he was killed by his brother because he was a rapist. Now remember that the Bible did say that, I think her name was Miriam. She lived the rest of her days desolate meaning no man married her. She died single. Now, desolate doesn't necessarily mean she was unhappy. I'm pretty sure she was happy to never have to marry her rapist. But if you remember, when her brother killed the person who raped her, he had to go into hiding. Now, the reason this must have been is not just as simple as the guy was a prince, but the reason this must have been is because in Jewish culture, if the Jewish man was the one doing the raping, meaning he was the perpetrator, they might have also given him favoritism. This might have been Jewish law, this might have been straight from God, but it's very likely that he would have been favored and his life would have been spared. That is why his brother took it upon himself to kill him. Now notice, his brother went on the run, but when he came back, okay, I'm going to wrap up. When he came back, Nobody did anything to him. Nobody killed him. Nobody tried to hold him responsible for killing his brother. And the main reason is that people understood why he did what he did. Because even though the laws may not have protected women or sided with this side or that, people had the understanding of how bad rape was and what the ultimate price should be. So let's all keep in mind that regardless of the, what the Bible says. So just to, be, just to get a clarity on you, are you saying that God was okay with the rape of non-Jewish women and not okay with the No, rape? he wasn't, but he definitely made the, made the punishment less according less. to Jewish laws. Okay. What if I show you a passage in the Bible where God actually instructed the, the 12 tribes of Israel to rape women? Would that, be, would that change your mind? Instructed them to rape women yes. isn't the same thing as saying them to take them as wives. I know the passage no, 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 no. you're referring to. It didn't it's say not... take them as wives. Should I read the passage for you? Yeah, yeah, read it. Okay, Numbers 31. Yeah, and you, uh, you were supposed to read this passage like an hour ago, so get okay. the passage. Do okay. you have it with you? I have it with me. It's okay, a very, go, very ahead. Long... Go, ahead. go ahead and read it, please. It's a very, very long passage, but I'm read going to... It. Hold on now. I don't know. Now, I don't pull them up now. So verse one says, the Lord said to Moses, 
take vengeance on the Midianites for the Israelites. And after that, you will be gathered to your people. So that's verse 1. So I'm not going to read all ways. I'm going to start from 17. Now kill all the boys and kill every woman who has slept with a man, but save for yourselves every girl who has never slept with a man. And if you go further down to 32, the plunder remaining from the spoils that the soldiers took was 675,000 sheep, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 women who had not slept with a man. So, Odeshi, is that not rape? It's... It says the plunder. Did it say that they lied with them? I bet what would men do with virgins as plunder? Depending on the age, you think that they were raping two-year-olds? They could have kept them as slaves for their own wives. For the, That's when, so if a, if a group of men... <laughs> what am I hearing? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. So if a group of men came to your village, uh, your Igbo, so if a group of men came to Anambra State or went to Okanot and they killed all the all the men in your village, killed, killed your mother because she's obviously had slept with a man to give birth to you, and killed all your brothers, and you think that all the young women in that village that they are saving them for their wives, is that what you think? Yes, they might be saving them for their wives, but not remember, this is Jewish men we're talking okay. about. These okay. are not heathen. Please this allow her to respond. Let her respond to you guys. Uh, now, she, she, she asked the question, and allow her to answer. Um, go ahead in, in like 45 seconds, if you can just respond, please. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. So remember, these are Jewish men. These are not heathens. That's number one. Number two, the Lord does give the Jewish men what to do when he takes a slave as a wife. Notice mm. he said they should take these women who have not known any man. He didn't say the minute you capture them, rape them. They could have taken them back to their Jewish camp, left them there to be housework or slaves like the like um you know, like you have a house girl in your home. Yes. And then well, the, when they become the of age that you're even supporting slavery, it's allowing oh, No, I'm not supporting slavery. Oh, I'm trying to explain on, something on, to you. Odeshi, one second. Sorry, I'm Can you sorry, guys sorry, let sorry. her finish? Wait, Thank wait, you. Wait, Josiah. Let her finish. Josiah, I'm trying to get the control of the stage. I don't need your help. One second, guys. Um, please, and you are you included, right? You ask her a question, let her answer fully, right? And then once she mutes her mic, then you can go ahead and just respond. Thank you. Thank you. Let me let me finish. Just just thirty seconds, okay? I'll count down. Go ahead and round up, please. All right. Now they they could have taken these young girls as servants to serve their wives and serve their own homes. And then when they become of age, the Bible clearly says, I don't remember where it is right now, but keep reading. You see the part where it says, if one wishes to take a slave woman or a servant woman as a wife, and then he gave instructions on how to take a servant woman as a wife that did not necessarily include rape, because it clearly says in one scripture, if the servant woman refuses her husband, which means the woman had a choice and there was a divorce category that said the man could divorce her and give her some sort of stipend because she yeah, was yeah, a slave okay. and didn't have a you choice okay. and send her off. I heard you. So okay. if that was the case, why virgins? Couldn't they have taken the mothers, the women because, that are virgins? As, because hold on, in that case... Hold on. 
why couldn't they have used syndic as house slaves, right? Because that is what you have reduced saving for yourself as to as. Oh house. no 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 no! I did not call them house slaves. The Bible did. Okay, no problem. So since you said there's no way it says in that passage that they are being saved for slaves, right? It didn't say that. But let us just say for your argument that is what they were being saved for. Why couldn't they have kept women that are not virgins as slaves as well? Why virgins? Because a woman who was not a virgin and mm-hmm. has had kids will obviously have loyalty to her husband. And but her husband is dead. To kill. Even if her husband is dead, her husband didn't die by choice. He was murdered. And obviously a woman will be much older and will have much strength in her hands. Notice they said the little ones. So that implied children. So you are saying that they picked up virgins because the women could form a revolution. Exactly, and- women do that shit all the time. <laughs> sorry, can I can I quickly because that's well, actually wrong. Let them just finish. Okay, sorry, finish. sorry, sorry. No, it's okay, doctor. Let me just finish. So according to what Odey she has said, they killed all the men. I understand why they killed all the men to stop a revolution. They decided to kill all the women because women of the Levant area were strong enough to form a revolt to bring down the same group of Even people. if they don't bring them down, yeah. they could cause... Why are you damage. interrupting me, Odeshi? Hey, hey um, Odeshi, uh, respectfully, right, when they interrupted you, I, I told them not to. So just allow Anywa to finish. Um, and then okay. we're going to come back to this, right, because there seems to be a back and forth. So we'll allow you and Anywa to have a little back and forth. But I want to get other people... Yeah. To- also speak okay and then we'll open yeah. the floor up for this discussion for like five minutes and then we'll move on so okay. anyone please round up so we can please yeah. move on. so this is what this is textbook definition of cognitive uh, cognitive dissonance right so you believe in all honesty that women of that period could create a revolt and subdue the same group of people that killed literally every man and boys in their society that this is the people that you think the women that are the victims could have such manpower to do so because if they yes. just needed slaves if they don't need if they just needed slaves you don't need to be a virgin to be a good slave but they told the men and also remember this was specific instructions to the men each tribe was supposed to bring a thousand men for each tribe. So it was 12,000 um, men in total. So the instruction was to the men alone, not to the community, not to the wives of the soldiers. But he says to the soldiers, save for yourselves each woman that has not slept for a man. I don't think you need to be a virgin to be a good slave. Also, before Odeshi responds, um, John, could you read Deuteronomy for me? Um, yeah, thank you very much. So it's Deuteronomy 21.10 because Odeshi was saying something about um, maybe the slaves can, if they don't want to be with the man, they can choose to. And I think this passage is going to like um, tell us if that's true or not. So Deuteronomy 21.10 says, when the Lord your God gives you victory in battle and you take prisoners, you may see among them a beautiful woman that you like and want to marry. Take her to your home where she will shave her head, cut her f- fingernails, and change her clothes. 
She is to stay in your home and mourn her parents for a month. After that, you may marry her. And if you read some other translations, that marry is saying like you can have intercourse with her. Then it goes on to say, later, if you are no if you no longer want her, please take note of this. Later, if you no longer want her, you are to let her go free. Since you forced her to have intercourse with you, you cannot treat her as a slave and sell her. So that's what the passage says. Thank you. Okay, Odessa, she can have the floor now. Yeah, and, and after Odeshi's done, guys, yeah. um, let's have Dr. Ade- Actually, Odeshi, why don't you wait one second? Let um, Dr. Adedakbo, because I know he wanted to respond to you. That way you can respond to everyone. And then okay, we can move good. on to um, Sharni Sheila. And then we do have a reverend on stage. Um, I want to make sure that she has a, her voice heard in this conversation as well, Reverend Kelly. Um, so, Dr. Adedakbo, go ahead and um, respond to Odeshi. Odeshi will respond. And then we're going to move on to Sharni Sheila. And then Reverend Kelly. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it's actually just a quick one. I just wanted to correct what today she said in terms of the reason why the men f- emphasized on um, the virginity of the women. It wasn't because they, they feared that they might be still loyal to their husbands. You have to understand that the, the Jewish culture at that time actually emphasized sexual purity. And at the same time, they regarded women as properties of men. Right, so whether you are married or not, you are already regarded as a man's property, right? So the idea was that you know the virgins were 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 pure, and they were the ones that you know still had that uh, purity, basically that 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 would allow a man to 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 value them, and that was literally the reason. And again, it, it was really not about. Um, you know, the women and what they wanted or anything. It was really about men. It's what it was from the male perspective. And I also say this, right? In fact, the punishment for raping a woman at that time wasn't even about criminalizing the man who did it. It was really about marrying them. You know, so if you if you were to rape a woman, right, your punishment would be to marry her, not you being jailed or not you being criminalized. Like that was the that was the custom. So you have to really get that correctly. Okay, and and um, um actually I was gonna have um you respond right away, Odeshi, oh. but we do have Jacob as well that that did want to respond to you, um and I believe he's. I'm gonna be writing Jewish... this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he's coming from a Jewish perspective. That's uh, Jacob. I'm so sorry if I'm making that assertion. I think that's what you said. Yeah, I know you're right. You're okay, right. perfect. So so why don't you also respond to Odeshi, and then um she will respond, and then we'll move on to Shar uh, Sharni Sheila. Go ahead. Um. So again, it's the uh, the things the chapters you're bringing up. You know, there's a there's a reason that if you Google rape in the Hebrew Bible, those are the chapters that are going to come up. Right? It's not a coincidence. These are the most troubling, most difficult, everything, most uh, morally difficult, all all of the above. Right? Um, throughout throughout the uh, the Old Testament, uh, the. One thing that I want to say on specifically that chapter, I don't know if it applies to Deuteronomy or not, but in the Numbers chapter, God says you should take vengeance. Obviously, the God in the Old Testament, as opposed to the New Testament, does have that kind of Bronze Age um, temperament, right? Sometimes he's a loving God. Sometimes he's the God of the mountain, whatever that means. Sometimes he's the God of the river. There's theories that, you know, unless you're a strict traditionalist who believes that that basically all of the story was given to Moses at the same time. If you're of more of a historical perspective, that these are the compilation of different narratives together that are telling the story of a people in addition to faith. So it's a whole, whole thing in and of itself. But specifically with this chapter, it says that God says takes vengeance out. 
And then it says, which is, I don't, I don't think you meant to do that on purpose. I don't think that, you know, you can argue with me one way or the other, but you skipped over the part that said, and Moses speaks to the people and tells them to do this, 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 and this, and this, right? So it's interesting. This is the counter argument um, is that God says, take vengeance. It's Moses then who gives the recipe of what that is. And it's also Moses, by the way, who doesn't enter the promised land. Yeah, it was supposed to be. That's just what I want. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that, that Moses, for sure, he's, he's coming off like uh, Alexander, the great, terrible war leader, 100%. But the text itself does not say, the Lord says that you need to do this, 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 and this. It's God. It's Moses tells his people. And Moses, as we know, is a flawed person. I'm just and was that did God oppose what Moses said? That's a good question. Uh, we know that Moses doesn't make it to the promised land. For a separate thing, not for that particular sin, for a different situation, but for that particular instruction he gave, was he chastised by God for giving an instruction he did not sanction? Uh, no, he was not. And do we, can we say that God of the Old Testament, that his silence technically means he supports something? That if he is not in accordance with a law or a practice, that he is very vocal about it. Can we make that premise as well? I would, uh, I would not say that God always speaks when bad things happen in the okay. Torah or the New Testament. But he chose to be silent about rape, though. You're inferring that he chose about it. Um, it doesn't say that and, his and God closed said, his mouth or something like that. But his actions is he okay his for to was complacency. Hold on, Odeshi. But his silence showed that he was okay with it. That's your interpretation of it. Okay. 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 Anyway, right. I think we're uh, yeah, to, to let, let, yeah, let's let Odeshi. Okay, so Odeshi will respond and then we'll kind of put a cap on this for now. And then it's going to be Shar, uh, Sharni Sheila, Reverend Kelly, um, Ada Tassiana. Um, and then um, anyone else that wants to respond, just um, just message me in the back channel and I'll add you to the queue, please, I beg. Right. Um, Odeshi, please respond in like a minute and a half, I beg. Okay, so Ayinwa, uh, I think it was doctor, one of you said that the punishment for rape was given from the male perspective and that if he raped a woman, it was as simple as he had to marry her. No, I'm sorry, go back and read your Bible. It wasn't that simple. The difference was if the woman was betrothed. And if you're familiar with Jewish laws, a good number of Jewish men, of over 90% of Jewish men were betrothed around the age of 12, including Jesus's mother, who was a Jewish woman, who... Uh, historically was around the age of 12 when she was betrothed to Joseph. So obviously this law was different if the victim was a Jewish woman as opposed to the, a non-Jewish woman, a, the, a Jewish man who wasn't born from a, from Jewish parents. And back then, uh, Judaism was passed through the mother and I think it still is. So if the woman's mother wasn't Jewish, she while she may have been living with Jew, Jewish people and everything, she was necessarily considered a Jewish woman even if her father was Jewish. Now the punishment for raping a non-betrothed, non-Jewish woman was the one that it said oh they should pay uh, the bride price and marry her and then if for whatever reason she, she you no longer find favor in her face then you can give her whatever like whatever and send her off or something, do her her will and don't treat her like a slave. Whatever that was. Now this was a non-betrothed 
non-Jewish woman. Now, obviously, this is bad because you're basically giving the rapist a pat on the back, right? But you remember, this was in vengeance that they took down some of this tribe. So when you hear the word vengeance, you should also assume that they had raped some of the Jewish females and these men were angry. Now, if Jesus had told a man who, who is coming from a tribe where most of the females in his life had been raped, that if you revenge and you rape somebody else whose family raped your family, I'm going to kill you. Now, even though God may have been just in doing that, they would have said, that's not right because why should we be punished for something that they do all the time? Now, let me go back to the Bible and remind you where it says the woman should be allowed to mourn her parents for one month before the man is allowed to go in with her. Now, it says before the man is allowed to. It didn't say he had to take his wife. Allowed to. Secondly, secondly, if he makes the decision to do so, it does say that if he no longer finds her place, it could be for any reason. She could have forced her why he forced himself on her she could have fought back she could have done anything notice this is a man that he has already decided this is his wife if she fought back and he said i'm not interested in a woman who clearly doesn't want to have anything to do he said you should let her go the bad thing here is that it doesn't put a lot of punishment on the man and the reason could have been that because these were tribes that they conquered of people who had killed and raped and plundered the jewish people and god gave the Jewish people, power to revenge. Vengeance is what was going on here. Not necessarily you were just minding your business and somebody raped you, which is why in the Bible you say if a man sees a woman in the open country and he seizes her against her will and they are caught, the man should be stoned to death. Woman should be left on open country means there was no war. Open country okay. means the woman was minding her business. The man was minding her business. Everybody was minding their business. There was no war. That's what open country means. But when it was in a time of war and the woman you're dealing with from the tribe that they had conquered, God lessened the punishment for Jewish men who were involved in rape. There's a difference. Okay. Go back and read the Bible. Understand why God was saying what he was saying. Thank uh, you. Right. This guys. is what Did we call anyone? distinction without a difference. Because there's no passage that says Jewish woman or non-Jewish woman in that particular passage. But we move. Sorry for me. Hey, sorry, just quickly. Anyway, in fact, I want you to Google um, marry your rapist law. Like a lot of these laws were in place since antiquity. Right, so I don't know what you were talking about, but anyways, please. How to do right, she, she just told you the verse. She just told you the verse. Um, please, please, mute. Uh, please, please, please. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Um, ATS. I see your back. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, all I just want to say it is, um, it is very heartbreaking to see a woman defending all this shit in the Bible. It is beyond heartbreaking, and ah, uh, I. I don't know what it's else to sad. say. It it's is sad. it is beyond it's really sad. sad seeing a woman coming up say, to defend a fictional book that denigrates woman so much. It's really sad. It's sad in my heart. Now you're attacking our personality. I thought there were rules for us not to do that. Okay, one mic. There were rules for us not to do that. Please keep quiet. One mic on me, please, please, please. One mic on me, one second, please. Um, I didn't call out. I will add you to the end of the queue. You can go after um Josiah, who's the last person on the queue right now. Um, but please, let's just keep it the way it's been. Um, the next person that's been waiting very patiently is Char Sharnashila, and then it's going to be Reverend Kelly, um, and then Ada Tassiana, 
George Pontius and Josiah then Adebukola. That is the cue uh, based on who has messaged me on the back channel. Um, so uh, yeah, Sharna Sheila, go ahead. Love. All right. Um, hi guys. I just wanted to answer the question of like the topic mm -hmm. was God a rape apologist in the Bible? God is actually not a rape apologist. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone saying that um, God was quiet when all this whole stuff was going on. Like, there are a lot of bad things that are happening. I'm not saying rape is good, rape is very bad. Mm -hmm. It's actually traumatic. So there are a lot of bad stuff happening, even the Old Testament, even Bible and right now. And God doesn't really interfere somehow because he didn't create us as a robot. He created us and he gave us the freedom to choose good and evil. And also, I'm just talking based on the opinions of people because I've been listening to people give their different respective opinions. Also said something about um God being a god of favoritism and then he killed a lot of people during the time of Noah. And then if I'm to talk about that, during the time of Noah, Noah built the ark for 120 years. And when he was building the ark, he was telling the people that God was going to destroy the world. So I think there's always a misconception in the Bible. When people read the Bible, they don't really try to understand everything. They just read stuff for their own. Like people see what's wrong just because, okay, they feel this is wrong. There are many things that are wrong. It's just because it doesn't work with you doesn't mean it's right. It's also wrong. So there are some things I can, I'm not saying I'm a saint. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a saint. Then there are some things I can do, which I know they are not wrong, but a lot of people see them as it's normal and it's right. But I know within me that it is not right. And my point is that during the time of Noah, God already told them that he was going to destroy and they were laughing. And then, God, um, someone also said that um, sexual immorality, God is um, quiet when all the whole rape stuff was happening. He couldn't do anything. Why would the God just be there and be looking when they were raping somebody and be doing this and doing that? God in the Bible told them to abstain from sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is not just rape. Sexual immorality includes adultery, fornication, everything that has to do with sexual immorality. And then Someone said Yahweh is the seventh God in history. And I would want to ask the person what history, like I would like to read because I would really like to know if I'm misquoting or if I'm wrong somehow because we learn every day. And someone also said David um, Bathsheba, that David was someone behind God's eyes and everything. David had his own punishment in the Bible. If you read the Bible carefully, you would see that God even told him his own punishment through his slave or his guard or something. Yeah, God gave him his own punishment. And when God said they should choose a wife from the people, the God, the slaves, the women and everything, he didn't tell them to rape them. He told them to keep them for themselves if they could give his consent. And somewhere else in the Bible, God also said, you can stay with a believer if, only if they can give you their consent. So that is what I'm just trying to make it clear. Like I, I, I was patiently waiting for someone to give me a point that will actually 
make me want to go back on what I said, but nobody said anything respectfully. So I'm just categorically telling everybody that God is not a rape apologist. He is not, and he will never be, no matter how anybody tries to maneuver the, the word or try to justify it or anything. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm just going to repeat, repeat, repeat again, if you want to be added to the queue, just message me on the back channel. If you had to have a response, uh, just also message me on the back channel um, and we'll let you do quick responses. Okay. Um, so next, uh, thank you, uh, Sharna Sheila uh, for that. Uh, next person is Reverend Kelly. Uh, Reverend Kelly, please go ahead. Uh, thank you. I just, I wonder if anyone in this room has ever been lied on. Because if you have been lied on, then you can understand what you're reading when you read these crazy things about God in the Bible. So it says what it says. No one, I would never want to defend these things that it says. It says that we had a God that put his own son to death to pay for the so-called sins of an ignorant people who knew not to commit error. We can, we can believe that about God? So I, I think that it is very dangerous to read the Bible if you have not saturated yourself in the God of your heart first so that, that your own knowledge and experience of God filters through you as you read what you read. I don't think that a Bible is in, that the Bible is intended to be read literally. I I think it's just like if I pour fresh water into a filter full of coffee, I'm going to get a black drunk that comes out. So whatever divine information was filtered through the minds of these people who were full of the culture of their time, they wrote what they wrote. And I'm not saying that it wasn't divinely inspired. I'm saying it came through an impure filter that was trying to make sense of what it was seen before it and to describe imperfectly God's role in that. The reason that I chose to come up instead of just listening below is that someone said, how can you believe in a God that is either passively allowing these things to happen or does not have the power to stop them. And my answer to that is that my understanding of, of God and the Bible is that people made a decision not to live in a perfect divine world where all things were right and good, but rather to learn how to distinguish good from bad, right from wrong. And so we have to look at what God's purpose is. God's purpose is not to fix us in our finite physical bodies, but to evolve our souls towards an understanding of right and wrong. And I think the fact that we are in this room now able to look back and even question what is written in this book, probably what is written in all divine texts, means that the evolution worked because we all now can to a person I'm sure agree that rape is wrong and so we learn that for ourselves 
we learned how to determine that because we saw the evil that it created and the harm that it caused. And so to me, we are on an evolutionary track and that Bible is to be read with eyes that evolve our understanding of what is being taught. And I will land there and thank you for letting me share. Okay. Uh, thank you, Reverend. I just have a question for you. So I get what you're saying. And I'm happy you said that rape is a, is a crime. But my question is this. We know how we know in the Ten Commandments, it says, that shall not fornicate. It also says, that shall not steal, and all of those things. Is there any part of the Bible that you could show us where it says, that shall not commit rape, or rape is a sin? Is there any part of the Bible that condemns rape as a sin? No, there's a part of the Bible that says, all things are permitted to you, but not all things are profitable. And so when I look back at the use of the term profitable, to me, that means not all things will evolve you towards the good. Go ahead and try it if you want to and see how it turns out. And so they tried it for centuries because that is the consciousness that they were in. But as I said before, our consciousness has now evolved. And no one would believe that what was good and right and unpunishable then is good and right and unpunishable now. Okay, I get that. that. I get that, Reverend. So if as a Christian today, I commit rape, did I sin under the eyes of God? Yes. No, I was in the Reverend. If I commit rape right now as a Christian, did I sin under the eyes of God? I do not believe in sin under the eyes of God. And that is how I believe that Jesus was able to just randomly forgive people. Just he didn't need to know what they had done. He just passed out forgiveness because this is a world that is about us evolving. It is not a world that is about what we have done right or wrong because today's right is tomorrow's wrong. And tomorrow's wrong is today's right. I get that, but in no daytime and age would rape ever be okay. And uh, that the f- that you found it hard to say that rape is a sin under the eyes of God is actually the problem. That is the problem. That is what we are speaking about. That the fact that it is hard for Christians to categorically say rape is a sin under God is what makes God a rape apologist the least. I think he's a rapist. I think God is a rapist. But by the fact that no one on this stage can confidently say rape is a sin under the eyes of God shows that God is an apologist at the bare minimum. So do you see where I'm but, coming from, uh, Reverend? Yeah, yes, but please, please don't judge God based on what I am saying. I am me. I am not God and I poorly speak for God. So what I would, what I am saying to you is there are probably plenty of Christians on this stage that would be willing to tell you that other things are sins. I'm not going to tell you that anything is a sin. I'm going to tell you that God is God's deepest desire is to draw us to our own experience of divinity where we can look and see 
that rape is not something that we want to do, not to judge us for what we have done, but to grow us towards what we inside of ourselves know we should and should not do. So if you ask me if I think rape falls on the should not category, absolutely. Okay. Well, All right. I, so for me, one more exercise. I, I understand you and I get where you're coming from, Reverend Kelly. So I'm going to do a small exercise. If you're a Christian on this platform and you believe that rape is a sin under the eyes of God, please flash your mic. Okay. We'll move ahead uh, for me. Go ahead. Okay, awesome. Is that 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 still? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rent. Go ahead. Yeah. um, uh, Reverend, you said uh, you're not speaking for God. Um, You're not the one. um, How do I put it now? As an atheist, what I've, since I've become an atheist, what I've discovered is when we are dealing with God, it is based on the particular believer you are dealing with. If, if we if we take a census of what God is, the characteristics of God, it will differ from Christian to Christian. So the God we are dealing with is usually the Christian we are dealing with. So in in settings like this, we we have to work with the Bible because the Bible is at least every Christian takes the Bible seriously. So that's why we face the God of the Bible. But in reality, every Christian is worshiping a different God. If we if we if we distill it down to each characteristics. So thank you. Okay, awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, all right, Ada, are you still there? Yes, I am. I'm so sorry. I just saw your back channel message. Uh, did you want to go? I'm sorry. Can quick? you add me back to the queue? Who is that, Odeshi? Uh, yes, let me do that. You will be after Nugis. Um, yeah, Ada, did you still want to say something quickly or no? Yeah, I just had questions. Um, okay, go ahead. Again, apologies for my voice. I'm sick. Um, anyways, yeah, I've been listening for hours and I still don't really have a submission that addresses the question um, of the room. So I'm just going to ask a, f- a couple questions. Um, one, there's been this narrative during the course of this conversation about how um, <clears throat> God is this omnipotent, all-knowing deity. And my question with spirituality and religion, generally speaking, is, you know, my contention is if God is all knowing, all omnipotent, what was the greater project or mission of creating this, you know, world where there's so much torture, torment and torture and, and, and sin. Like, you know, he knew before creating Adam and Eve that they would like sin against him. And it brings up the concept of free will as well, where he's like, okay, I give you free will. So you do what you will with it. But at the same time, if God is omnipotent and all knowing, then he knew that they would, they would, you know, disobey him. Right. And then you have the modern world and our historical world where people have been punished and suffering for things that they don't rightly deserve. Like in what world is a three-year-old who gets cancer, for example, like how is that fair? How do they deserve it at all? So I don't really quite understand that part of, you know, the whole free will thing when God is, you know, all powerful for all we know, he could have easily created a world where, you know, we're all like, it's all roses and milk and we're all like smiling all the, like a, like a heaven on earth, basically that could have been an option. Um, if you as a parent, if somebody told you that if you did X, that your child will forever be doomed and suffering, would any parent do that? Of course not. So I kind of fail to understand. Anyways, that's one question. My second question is in response to what, 
Sharnishila mentioned and um, some other folks, <laughs> some other folks as well um, chipped in on it as well with the whole free will um, and how God is very, very laid back and doesn't really intervene. It seems like, you know, there's an, there's an awful, like th- there's, there's selectivity in when that intervention happens because even in Genesis with um, the story of Abraham and Abraham trying to sacrifice his son Isaac um, in order to honor God. And then God, like, I guess, you know, Abraham in the process proved his fidelity to God. And then God like intervened right before he was about to kill his son and told him that he didn't have to. He intervened in that scenario um, I mean, maybe he was just testing him, but even then God knew before Abraham was trying to do that, that Abraham would like actually honor him in that way. God intervened. So why is it in other scenarios, he doesn't intervene, especially scenarios that have like a broad implication on women at the time. That's the part I don't understand. Like why is free will so selective? But then there are examples in which God did intervene and he didn't necessarily sit back and just let like, you know, free will reign. So that's my question to um, Sharnashila. Okay, uh, Sharnashina, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Do you want to answer her question and then we Please, can- um, can you repeat the question? Oh, more. <laughs> I can answer it. <laughs> okay, whoever can answer it, go ahead, please. My uh, question was, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why does God leave or all the evil- No, like, we, we, we can't even forget that. Like, let, let the first question be food for thought. Like, you can focus on the second question where I was asking, God has no, exercised- Okay. Oh, you're no, still like, talking, sorry. Sorry. No, 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 I'm like trying to, I'm saying like you, you can, you don't have to answer the first question. It's just like a food for thought. We'll be here all day if we want to tackle on the first question. But the second question is more specific where I was trying to ask why, why has God intervened in certain circumstances, especially when it comes to like Abraham and Isaac, but then he takes a hands-on approach when it comes to situations that have a broad implication on women, generally speaking, such as, you know, the rape culture and then marrying them off and that's it. I, I can take that data. I can yeah, answer that as well. So, so the question, so, hold on one second. So the question is why is God selective in his uh whatever you want to call it? Um yeah, exactly. So who Saif, uh did you want to take a stab at that and then we can get maybe one more person. Yeah, yeah. Just hit so, me up so on my back channel know? if you wanna hold on one second. Um hit me up on the back channel if you want to take a stab at answering the question. Uh maybe two people uh, a minute each and then we'll move on. Um Saif, go ahead. Yeah, so so what do you mean by selective? You're talking about the stories in the Bible? Well, Adah's question, Adah's question was, was very clear. You know, why does God intervene uh, when it comes to cer- certain instances, right? We saw with the example of Abraham and his son, he intervened uh, to save him, essentially, so he wasn't sacrificed. But then we see other cases when it comes to, uh, you know, marrying women off uh, in the context of this conversation, as well as, you know, black people in slavery, uh, where he didn't intervene. So I believe that's the question that Adah was asking. So one minute. Uh, to respond, Saif, go ahead, and then um, whoever else wants to respond, and then we'll move on. And if you don't understand the question, then let's just have someone who does, please. Okay, um, I think. Okay, Regis, hold on one second. Regis uh, did message me. Uh, Regis, take a stab at uh, answering, please. Go ahead. Yes, um, thank you very much. So, hi, everybody. My name is Regis. I'm very new here. 
Um, I've, I didn't ah, listen to anything you are it. new to Clubhouse, Regis. Is that welcome right? to Clubhouse. Woo! Welcome. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, so I've I've heard a couple of stuff. I'll start with Ada's stuff, and then hopefully try to answer certain things from the other dude. Um, in in you are. I'm sorry if I can't pronounce it right. So yeah, um, Ada actually asks a, a, a lot of important questions. I'm not a pastor. Um. I am not an expert. I just feel like I got certain things to say. So, you know, like I would just voice out. Number one, um, we should not forget that God is sovereign. You see, there's a part in the Bible that says that um, when Jacob and Esau were in their mother's womb, God said, and I loved Jacob, but not Esau. So right there, God selected Jacob. You cannot you cannot question God why He selects who and and not who. So I think this answer is probably the second question. In the beginning, God said, "Let us make man in our own image." God is sovereign. He tried to make man sovereign. He will. And Ada um, said something about the fact that why didn't God make the whole world perfect? He did that in the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. Man didn't have to think where to eat and where not to eat. But guess what? Man sinned. And I, and I get that. You want to say that God knew man was going to sin. But you see, it doesn't matter what he knew. He gave, he gave man free will because he has free will. So right there, man obviously sinned. And then that's why things change. We're, dr- we're driven out of the Garden of Eden and then now life. Yeah, now people can have cancer and all that stuff because life grew. And guess what? Most of these things that we go through are actually men's own choices. Reverend says something that actually really um, I, I really 30 more it. seconds. Okay, go ahead. Alright, thank you for that. that that's why I'm trying to just do a um, little bit of, of everything. Reverend says something that I actually like. She said that we should not judge God based on what we say. Trust me, we cannot, we cannot try to understand God. He is God. He's, he's sovereign. And yes, rape is a sin. Thank you. I'll, I'll come back again later. Uh, okay, Funi, I, I just wanted to enter here. Please, Funi, one minute. Just one second, okay? We have um, one more person that did want to respond to Adas' question, uh, Jeffrey Rosenberg. So, Jeffrey, go ahead. One minute response, Saif. You can go ahead and respond in like 30 seconds to a minute, and then we're going to move on with the queue. I'll read it out once those two speakers go. Um, which is uh, going to be Tassiana and uh, George, okay? Um, so, uh, Jeffrey, go ahead one minute. Saif, go ahead one minute, and then we'll move on with the queue. All right. Shalom. Thank you, Budo. Uh, um, yeah, so I just, in terms of Ada's question, um, the way I, I sometimes understand um, kind of Hashem's presence or God's presence is... is um, God, you know, is, is kind of a, is the energy, the awareness that's intertwined between existence and non-existence, the fabric of existence and non-existence that is the universe. Um, and sometimes where there are, there are times where there's more presence of God versus less of a presence. So the absence of God. And so where I would see where things that are more negatively 
um, affecting our, our world is literally where there's an absence of God. So not as a way of saying that he's what or God watches or, or, or stands, uh, or, or, um, kind of idly sits by while, while, while something horrible happens. It's more that God is not necessarily, uh, present in that, in that, in that way, in that area, in that mm. space, in that time. Um, it's, it's something I'm still like thinking about myself, but it's, it's definitely a difficult question, but I think that's the important uh, thing is, is to ask the difficult questions and to most importantly um, emphasize that rape is not good, that, that no one should be raping anyone, um, that uh, our cultures have definitely um, changed since uh, 3,000 plus years ago. Um, and uh, I think uh, there's a general understanding about rape and how uh, especially, you know, against women, uh, and against, uh, you know, and, and today now more of an understanding against trans women. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll see more people condemning rape than not at the very least within the Jewish community, but at the same time, um, yeah, I, I just, that's, that's my perspective as a Jew. Um, but, um, okay, uh, just, up, please. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'll, I'll finish. One last thing uh, was what was just said on the, yeah, I think that was it. Basically, oh, the intervening aspect is kind of like <sighs> there are morals uh, written in Torah. Uh, there's, there are morals uh, written as, so it's, there are certain, I think, things that people wanted to understand at the time. So it's not, or, or wanted people, sorry, what people wanted people to understand, to teach uh, the nation about the world and, and the, about what they should be or should or should not be doing. So God is kind of like it, the, the intervention of God in certain places is kind of like a, it's either the mythological aspect, the fable aspect of like, this is why something came to be, or it's, oh, this is why we should do this or shouldn't do this, or uh, this is how our people feel about this at this time. Um, but the, again, that doesn't necessarily negate uh, further uh, uh, evolution, evolution of, of thought. So anyway, thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Taif, just, oh, oh, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead, Atheist. Yeah. Um, um, what Jeffrey said, I think we've dealt with it over the past eight hours. So I'm going to address it. Um, somebody said God is sovereign. He can do whatever he likes. When anybody brings that to the table, we can't have a conversation. You are the key, you are, you are, I don't know why you're here. If you come with God is sovereign, please, please get the fuck out of this room. That's all I'll say. You can't come out. If God was sovereign, I will not be having this conversation because your God can't do shit. Fuck him. Fuck it up. But you cannot come and tell us as an argument God is sovereign. That does not fly. Keep your, keep your sovereignty of your God to yourself and don't come and um, counter argue with people that don't see your God as sovereign. That is all. You don't have an argument when you come and say God is sovereign, can do whatever he likes. Then fuck all, you should destroy the world. Let's go. Thank you. Um, okay, so maybe we can, hold on guys, maybe we can have a separate conversation. Sorry guys, sorry, one mic on me if you guys don't mind. Maybe we can have a separate conversation um, about, you know, the sovereignty of God and how it's been shown um, that that would be a separate conversation uh, besides this room um, where we can... Uh, uh, I, I mean, who can test 
how do you contest that someone is sovereign, right? If they choose to be selective in showing their quote unquote almightiness. Um, but yeah, that's a separate conversation. Let's kind of just like move on with the queue. Uh, Saif, uh, please like 30 seconds to a minute, please. And then we need to move on. Other people are waiting to speak. Can I be added? Or do we have to message you? Yep, Dami, Dami, I actually have you on the queue once you came up. Um, you are going to be after Adebukola uh, before Uzal. Okay, I'll read out Thanks. the queue once uh, the next speaker goes. Um, so yeah, Saif, 30 seconds to a minute, and then I'll read out the queue so everyone's aware. Yeah, God is within us, right? The ranting also, like, God is within us. When we talk about, like, uh, if we're talking about what Ada is talking is referring to why is God selective in certain cases. Like, the Bible is a collection of stories about God. But that does not encompass God, right? If you're thinking that the Bible is the essence of God, is, you know, encompasses God, that is not what it is, right? So the moment we think outside of the Bible, that is God, right? Like you, you start to think about it by reading maybe the Bible, but then you think about you, 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 you think about, you know, you start thinking about what, who is God, and that is important. The Bible is a collection of stories, a collection of books by certain people at certain times. We know that, and they, it's just, it's just a collection of stories. So, so. You know, to say that God intervenes at some time and he doesn't intervene at other times, that is like, you know, saying like, the Bible is God. The Bible is not God. And if the, the, the moment we think that we, you know, the moment we think that that we are, we are full, right? We are, we are complete. You know, that's when we are not complete. We basically, the the search for God is basically God. You know, the... Okay, please round we up. We need to... Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah sorry, Saeed. Second, the, the, second, the, time, I was, second yeah. time I was interrupted, sorry. You know, I yeah, yeah, 10, I'm sorry. These are, minutes. these are... Yeah, you give me no, 30 it, seconds? You didn't give yes. me all, one minute also. Saif, I'm what, so sorry. Can I can I just inter, interject, right? So no, I mean, you, you, you're 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 directing my my thought. I'm, I understand. Even... I I understand that. I understand okay, that. Okay, okay, right? I'm done. I'm done. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So these were quick responses, right? Thank so you. responses we only do. Can I please just finish? Thank you. Um, so responses. Response. Can you please? I really hate I, to have to I, meet I you, but I will speak. have to Thank now. You. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna meet you. Um, the way we I'm do, we run the room. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. All right. Um, let me just do a quick little just reset of the, the way that we run the stage. We have submissions and then after submissions, we have about 30 second to a minute responses to the submission. Right. Um, but if you want to make a full submission, there is a very long queue. Right. There's several people on stage who want to speak. Um, so you cannot use a response to make a full submission, which is why I interrupted you. You spoke for over a minute. Um, so I'm just trying to be fair with everyone that's waiting. We do have a very long queue. So, um, I hate to, you know, have to, you know, mess up your train of thought, but I'm really trying to be fair to everyone that's on stage. Um, so the queue that we have, uh, the next person is going to be, uh, Tassiana. Once they go, uh, then it's George, John, Pontius, Mary, 
Josiah, Adebukola, Dami, Uzal, Nugis, Odeshi, Regis. Based off of people that message me on the back channel, that is the queue that I have and that is the queue we're following. If you're not on the queue, you want to be put on the queue, just message me on the back channel. Um, so I'm going to read it again uh, really quickly. Uh, Tassiana, George, John, Pontius, Mary, Josiah, Adebukola, Dami, Uzo, Nujis, Odeshi, Regis. Um, so Tassiana, uh, please go ahead. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you so much for your moderation skills, for the ways that you have been accountable in this space. And I just want to say thank you for your <laughs> your skill in this room. Um, and hopefully everybody else is grateful too. Um, I wanted to respond to uh, a couple of things that have been said, and I'll try to be as quick as possible, like try to be a, a minute, minute 15 max. So the person who just spoke said that God is within us. And I think that that's an interesting thing, because if the, if we are made in God's image, then we also must acknowledge and, and if God is in us, then God is a rapist, as some of the moderators have said in this space. Right. Because God is with God is in us when we are doing whatever we're doing. And if we are made in God's image, if we are acting in God's image, created from God and in God's image, then we are doing godly things. And unfortunately, that means that people have to be accountable to that and say that when people are acting in these really egregious and horrendous ways, that that is an act of God. And God does intervene. Ada asked a very poignant, clear question. Um, and still people were like, well, I don't understand what the question is or X, Y, and Z. And still gave no reason for specifically why God intervened, like personally, directly, better is a better word, intervened directly in some instances and not directly in others. God had a whole flood, okay? And, and destroyed the earth because he was sick of human shit. He was tired of what was happening, right? So God can intervene. And so, um, and then I think my last um, point was like, even when we talk about the Virgin Mary, God did not ask Mary's consent to impregnate her. An angel came down and said, oh, hey, by the way, uh, God is going to impregnate you. You can't even pick the name of your son. It's going to be Jesus um, and Mary being a servant, which is a key word, because some of y'all are talking about laborers um, as a servant of God. And so did not have the real option of rejecting that. Um, and yeah. And, and, and that people, the, the idea, the Rev talked about it being profitable, right? Like you can do things, but it might not be profitable unto you. And literally if a man rapes a woman back in the day and they got sons and children from that, it was literally profitable. It was literally profitable for you to sexually harm a woman. And I think we should just be clear on that and stop bullshitting. It's okay to be honest. Okay, thank you for that, um, Tatiana. Okay, next up uh, is George. Um, I didn't get any, uh, you know, response. Um, so yeah, um, and someone did ask how much submissions were. So it, it's around five minutes, but you know, we do allow you to go over. Just like with responses, we do allow people to go over like thirty seconds to a minute. But now, if you're pushing into two minutes, then that's where the problem is. So just be mindful, right? If you're all self-aware that hey, there are other people that want to speak as well, then I won't have to cut you off, right? So. Um, just think about other people on stage. Uh, George, go ahead, and then John, and then Pontius. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, subscribe. Then also read this podcast on Spotify and have a great week ahead. <laughs>